Everything F1. Driven by fans, for the fans. And it's lights out and away we go! is still on provisional pole. This time for Stefan and Hamilton have crashed out. It's McLaren and Ricardo that win the Italian Grand Prix. Max Verstappen, for the first time ever, is champion of the world. It's been three years since we've raced at Albert Park in Australia, but F1 is back. We're ready to watch the battle between the Ferrari and the Red Bulls. This is the Everything F1 podcast. My name's James Tiller, uh, and over the next hour or so, we're going to be chatting all about the Australian Grand Prix uh, and any news that's dropped throughout the last week. With me today from the Everything F1 team, we have Coops. Hi, Coops. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you very much for asking. We've also got alongside us Sponge. Hi, Sponge. How are you? Evening. How are we doing? I'm very good, thank you. You've been up to much this week? No, I've been in bed ill, most of it. There we go. Oh. All better now, Never. though. It's all good. Uh, we've also got alongside us Tom. Hi, Tom. How are you? Hello, sir. I'm very well, thank you. Good. Uh, we are, obviously, Everything F1. You can find us on all our social media platforms. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. We are also on TikTok. So please follow us on all these platforms. You can also find us on our shiny website, www.everythingf1.com. And of course, this podcast itself. We would love it if you were to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast streaming service so you get all of our latest podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop. We would also love some feedback too. We, we are seeing the numbers grow and grow each and every single week. Uh, and the only way we're going to grow and get better and better is if we get feedback from you guys. What do you like about our show? What don't you like about our show? Please let us know in any comments section. Or if you don't want to do it publicly, you can send us an email. The uh, email address is pitwall at everythingf1.com. Easy peasy. So this weekend, Coops, we are off to Australia. Are you excited? Yes, except when my alarm goes off at four o'clock in the morning. But, yeah, but hey. do you know what? I, I quite like the early ones. It, it, it kind of gets, gets it out of the way so you can kind of enjoy the rest of the weekend doing other stuff too. Not that I don't enjoy Formula One every minute that it's on anyway, but you know what I mean? You get, you get the full day mm. to do what you want, don't you? Well, I'm good to work, so... Mm. <laughs> well, there you go. At least It'll you'll be go done with, by the with time a... I go to work. Yeah, but... you'll, you'll go with a spring in your step after having watched a... Hopefully, an eventful race. Sponge, are you looking forward to the weekend? Are you happy to be back in Australia? Yeah, I think so. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, it's, I think the way that the season's already shaping up as well. I know it's only three three rounds in, but it's a bit of do or die for a couple of teams already. So mm. it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It's a long way to go for teams that are so desperate for upgrades and parts. So it'll be interesting. It will be interesting. And let's go to Tom then. How excited are you for the weekend? Uh, I am looking forward to going back to Albert Park because obviously we've not been there since 2019. Um, we were supposed to go there last year, but it got delayed and then cancelled due to the Rona. Um, 
I'm excited to go there with the changes I've made to the track and obviously with the new cars we have because I'm hoping that it'll allow for a bit more overtaking, a bit more close driving because Alton Park has never really been it's never really been that race where I've gone, oh my lord, I can't wait to see them side by side mm. going into turn one, turn two, whatever. Um, we don't normally get that much wheel-to-wheel racing, but it's F1. What's not to love? Yeah, it's usually the season opener. Um, so obviously, yeah. you, you're just happy to have F1 on the screen, even if it's not necessarily the most exciting race of the season. But hopefully, as you mentioned, the changes to the tracks uh, and the track layouts will kind of hopefully tease out of the drivers some more kind of overtaking opportunities. Um, let's talk about those changes then. Coops, what, kind of, what changes are you looking forward to seeing from the weekend? I think everything's kind of connected, to be honest. I mean, they've, they've widened or took away the chicane at corner 9 and 10, but they still called it kind of corner 9 and 10. Mm-hmm. So basically that whole rear section, it's just going to be a fast sweeping group of corners. And then they've opened up, uh, not the chicane after that section, but the furthest away corner from there, the right-hander, that's been opened and made wider. Uh, so it should give an opportunity. You know, DRS is along that section. You get close enough to them, the cars can follow. Then you do a Danny Rick and fire yourself down the inside. Not in the McLaren this year, mind you, but, you know, generally speaking. <laughs> uh, so, One of the other faster yeah. teams. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And then on the other side of it, if it's a boring race, it'll finish quicker because it's about 10 seconds a lap quicker. So, you know, <laughs> one one. Uh, let's talk about the DRS zones this uh, this year's sponge. Uh, I know you're uh, a critic of the DRS zone. We got four uh, in Australia this weekend. That's, that's uh, certainly, uh, is that a record number of DRS zones? I feel like it is. I don't, yeah, I don't remember seeing in that many before. There's only two detection zones though, aren't there? Yeah, yes. two detection think, zones, four DRS zones. I think it's. I think that might help as much as anything else. To be honest with you, the fact there's only two detection points. Mm. Um, yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, if if you've got a detection zone and the guy gets through on the first attempt, then he's just going to pull away on the second attempt rather than actually bring them closer together, isn't he? Mm. Or am I looking at that wrong? I don't know. No, you, you no, that sounds right to me. Uh, this you'll have the second DRS zone to kind of pull away a little bit, maybe get out of the DRS range for the second detection point for the person yeah. behind, or or I mean, it might I'm, still be within the. I'm even less of a fan this season of DRS. I just don't really think that we need it at all. To be honest with you, of course the drivers are going to come out and say, "Yeah, we do. We really need it. It's really, really, you know, it's it's we really, really need it to to be able to race close together." It's like no, you don't. Stop it. No, these cars kind of promote the, the kind of following and the close following. And hopefully yeah. it, it, in the future, we won't need DRS and they can actually draft each other. You know, yeah. like, we, you, like we used to see in the 90s, you know. I mean, in Saudi, we saw evidence of that happening, didn't we, before DRS was mm. opened. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just think, I think they need to do away with it, evaluate it. You know, even do some simulations without it. I don't know. Just, you know, just stop, stop it, basically. <laughs> I don't like it. I never have done. So I, I like it even less this season. So I'm not I, I'm not looking forward to seeing four zones. I think it's going to be a little bit ridiculous. But mm. let's just let's just wait and see. You know what I'm like, mate. You know, I, everything that I say is almost like, let's just wait and see. <laughs> Tom, Let's let's hear a different opinion then, or, or if you've got if you have got a different opinion, of course. Uh, DRS zones four is that too many, or do you think it's going to promote some 
good overtakes this race. I'm going to be Switzerland and set on the front of this one. It's got the potential to give us sort of more overtakes, more action, all the rest of it. However, my worry is that are we going to have a bit of a game of cat and mouse with people mm. being like, no, sir, ask the youth for the detection point. Please, I insist. Um, yeah. You know, like, like we saw, especially in Saudi. I think DRS in itself, and I'm, I'm inclined to agree with what Span said, where DRS has papered over an issue which, which everyone has almost been ignorant to, and that's that the cars are notoriously difficult to follow. We could see it with the pre-2022 cars, how difficult it was for them to actually overtake. And and in at some tracks, it sort of got to the point where it's like, okay, he's coming up to DRS, that means he's going to be able to overtake. But for the, for the rest of the lap, they would say, oh, I can't get close, and I'm in dirty air, or the rest of it. FE1 presents an opportunity for, for the drivers and for F1 and the FIA and everybody involved to say, look, we tried it with sprint events last year, and to some degree it worked. We don't know until we try, so let's run a session without um, without DRS. Let's run qualifying sim, you know, simulations. Let's run race simulations, and let's see how you get on. Let's see the data that we get from from tire deck and that we get from lap times, all, all the rest of it. Let's let's see what drivers think. I know we can't do a full race sim because it's it's ultimately a practice session. And you know, max aside, I don't think very many drivers are going to be that keen to get wheel to wheel in FP1 when they risk plonking it in the barrier and ruining their weekend. But there's definitely an opportunity here to, to test having no, no DRS, whether that's something that comes from the top, you know, that comes from the FIA, or if the teams decide, I'm going to try without, or we're going to try without DRS this weekend or this session, why not try mm. it? Because now that the cars are easier to follow or, or the cars follow easier, do we really need DRS? We're getting to a point where it's going to cause more issues than it's actually worth, like you saw in Saudi. Yeah, I'm I'm all for dropping it. I know Coops has got a different opinion. I think he, uh, he's with the drivers at the moment. They they're saying they obviously require DRS at this point in time. Coops. Yeah, it's still. I mean, you've got to remember these regulations that have been brought in. Yes, for two races are decent, but we still don't. I mean, Albert Park's a perfect example. They've made some changes to the track to to help with overtaking. Now. We had a race at Albert Park before where there was either one on rate on track pass or none. You know, everything happened in the pitch. So if that still happens, then we need to keep DRS. You know, mm. so DRS needs to be there for maybe a year or two. But they, I mean, it's it's shown the new regulations that things can be reduced. You know, that they can start they can follow very easily. So why not shorten the DRS zones? You know. Play, you, they, I think they should play around with it. It's very easy to do a session without DRS. Mm. The FIA come out and say there's a problem with DRS, it won't work. You know, they've done it before. Sensors aren't working. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You know, <laughs> they just have a few laps near the end of the race, or uh, you know, they won't do it in qualifying, but you know, maybe do it in practice. Let's let's see how it works. But you know, let's let's walk first before we can run. I'm not saying I like it. I'm just saying I think it's still required just now we don't have a sample size that's good enough yet and it's a tool that all the teams get as well so they've all got equal opportunity to use that drs uh, as long as they get within certain times uh, of the car in front okay let's move forward from uh, the the drs anyway um who are you looking forward to sponge uh, competing well this weekend uh, obviously we've got we've got ferrari and uh, and red bull at the top there um do you think it's going to be another ferrari track I hope so, definitely, because I don't want to see Red Bull running away with it. 
I think there's something that Martin Brundle said a couple of seasons ago, and that was, thank goodness for Red Bull and Max Verstappen, when yeah. Mercedes were dominating and he was the only one that was capable of like keeping pace with them. Uh-huh. And I think I think that's true of Ferrari at the moment. Thank goodness for Ferrari and both of them, really, because I don't think Leclerc's that much faster than Sainz. Um, mm. I, I want Sainz to win the race, if I'm completely honest with you. Um, I, well... Ideally, I want one of the McLaren boys to win the race, but I don't think there's much chance of that happening at the moment. So. <laughs> there's going to be some um, serious shenanigans for that to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, that aside, I'd I'd, I'd love Ferrari to win the race, um, and right now, I think I'd probably say I'd like Carlos to to win as well. And he's got the he's got the knack. He's certainly got the machinery underneath him. Um, he's just looking to uh, to to kind of everything together isn't he at the moment yeah absolutely i think you know he's you know charles has been stronger in the first two races he's he's had a bit of pace which at the end of the day when you've got a team you're always going to have one driver quicker than the other it you know it doesn't necessarily mean one's better than the other it just means Mm. that on that weekend things clicked a little bit more and i do think that carlos will have his weekends where he you know you know, his whole package clicks for him on a certain track more than it does for Charles. And I think that's going to be the thing. And one of the things is, it's nothing to do with Charles. It's just the fact that I can't stand Crofty constantly saying, Charles Leclerc. <laughs> Even though when, when Charles Leclerc comes on and they're asking him about his name, he says, my name is Charles Leclerc. You got Crofty that then goes, Charles Leclerc. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like Del Boy, isn't it? With the uh, <laughs> yeah. Mange two, Mange two. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I want Carlos to win this weekend. In answer to your question, I'd, I'd like to see Carlos at the top of the the, the, uh, the podium. That'd be good. It'd be, it'd be good to see uh, another driver on top uh, of the podium this year. Obviously, it's only three races in. We've had two uh, different ones, so that's every opportunity. For that to happen, uh, Coops, go on then. Who are you looking to, to do well this weekend? I want Ricardo to do well because historically Australians don't do well in Australia. I think the highest place an Australian has ever got is fourth. Um, wow! So it's just, but that McLaren, they've just got so many fundamental issues with the car that they really need to sort. Uh, brake cooling issues, aero's not working. They've had to change the front. You know, Tempe fixed the front, which has caused the problem with the, the downforce and the aero. Um, I'm kind of just looking forward to it being an Australian race. I'm just, mm. you know, it's it feels weird, but it feels like the start of the season. But actually having an Australian Grand Prix, you know, uh, 2020, we had these multiple races at the same track. It was a bit weird. Last year, we were at Bahrain. And, you know, this year, we're, we've started at Bahrain. We've had Saudi. You know, and it's kind of like since 96, more or less, you've woke up and had to pretty much, you know, you're waking up the first race of the season is getting up, bleary-eyed at 6 in the morning or 5 to 6 or whatever time it is to watch the mm. first race of the season and getting pumped for it. So I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing how things go. We know that Mercedes aren't going to be anywhere near the front. Although that, uh, they are bringing an upgrade package to the track, but it's not its not a massive one, I've, I heard. Yeah, but the porpoising issue with their car and the, the, the reliability issues. But then, speaking of reliability, and I'll segue into that, every engine supplier is having issues with reliability, which we'll probably touch on. Uh, but, yeah, I think I'll, 
I'm kind of looking forward to Verstappen and Leclerc again. I want to see how that goes. I want to see who's going to... Because from what I've seen in the records, Mercedes have always took pole in Turbo Hybrid era. That's not happening mm. this year. So that'll be interesting to see who steps up. And how can Magnussen do in? And, you know, we'll see how Mick Schumacher does returning back to the car after the big shunt in the last streak. There's a lot of things to watch. Okay, Tom, I'm guessing Verstappen is your is your bet for the weekend. Uh, my bet for the weekend would be for well, you know, actually would be Max. However, I really want to see Carlos Sainz on the top step. And like okay. he's like he said, Tiller, he's got the machinery to do it. I think he's got the ability to do it. Um, you know, whether we might see some team orders stepping in with Ferrari, who knows? Because realistically, I think they are going to favour Leclerc. Um, why not? Um, you know, you know, he is their quote unquote golden child. Mm-hmm. Um but no, I, I've I've always had a soft spot for for Carlos Sainz. You know, after seeing him come so close in Monza in 2020 when Gasly won, and you know, and you know, I, I nearly broke down with emotion because that was such an exciting race. Um, mm. You know, I, I would like to see him get on that top step. Just picking up on on, on what you were talking about a minute ago with your know, Mercedes bringing upgrades as well. Um, yeah, I am inclined to agree with Coops that yes, they might be a bit quicker, but. That car has got fundamental issues, which we can see. Okay, well, let's talk about Mercedes then. You, uh, uh, Thomas just mentioned that he doesn't think the uh, upgrade package is going to going to give them much uh, boost uh, this weekend. Coops has kind of agreed that that, that is the case. Also, uh, let's get Sponge's opinion on it. Are, are we going to see Mercedes being a bit more consistent? Maybe, maybe being able to attack the front couple with this upgrade package. Uh, a team like Mercedes, they need they need to be at the front, don't they? I think so. I, I... One thing that I would say is with the with the resources that Mercedes have got available to them, you'd expect them to make bigger jumps back to where they were um, with newer upgrade packages, if that makes sense. You know, the correlation between their data that they're getting in the CFD and whatever. You know, you'd expect you'd expect them to be able to say, right, that's we understand that that's where we're going wrong. That's what we need to do. Let's do it and sort it out. But I mean, you know, it's a little bit like the McLaren situation. I thought they looked really, really, really strong in pre-season. And Lando mm. came out, didn't he? And he said, oh, yeah, he's, you know, everybody's going to think that we're like, the quickest and everything now. And, and that's not true and whatever. And then the start of the season came and Mercedes and McLaren were both nowhere to be seen. And, it's, you know, I, 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 I do agree that I think it's going to take more than one upgrade package to sort it all out. But if, if anybody's going to do it quickly, it will be Mercedes because of the resources that they've got. Um, mm. pers- personally, I don't think it will be a jump back up to, you know, battling in amongst the Red Bulls and the Ferraris this time. But I don't, you know, if it doesn't work this time, I don't think it's going to be that that many races after this weekend mm. until they do sort it out. Because, you know, if they go down one route and then they say, right, that hasn't worked, they understand what route they've got to go down then. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, the, the price cap might knock a little bit of that on the head, but you'd still, you'd still say with Mercedes resources that they've got, that mm. they would, they would be able to sort it out in four or five races. Maybe. I don't know, but we'll yeah, like, I, like I said earlier, it's, it's a long way for updates to go, you yeah. know, this early in the season, um, from factory, it's a long way for it to go. I'm guessing they they must have flown all the any of these upgrade things just on on basic passenger uh, jet, uh, flights. Possibly, because yeah. That that is the only way they've got. Maybe maybe uh, 
Hamilton's put a bit of pressure on the team. It's like, come on, guys, we need something better to, to kind of do because we, we, we can't look like, you know, like we're looking for, for too long during the season. Because I think, I think they would have waited for Imola ordinarily um, before actually putting any any upgrades at all on. Uh, I wonder if there's pressure from the from the driver or maybe even from Toto saying let's let's get this upgrade sooner because we can't look like uh, we're looking uh, for too long. You know what I mean? Well, I mean that that's a thing definitely, and they'll have sponsors that are like you know what what the hell's going on. But then, yeah. like I say as well, with the resources that they've got, there's no need for them to wait until Imola. If they've identified mm. what they think the issue is and they've got a part that's available, they need it on now so yep. that they can say either, yes, that's helped, or no, it hasn't helped. Yep. Either either carry on down that route or go back to the drawing board before Imola because we need something for Imola that's either going to bring us back in this fight or get us back on the right road. You know, they, they haven't got... A, they, they don't have a race to miss. That they, can't, they can't just miss a race and then bring something because when when your simulator isn't correlating to on track performance mm. you've got to you've got to find out what's going on on the road it's as simple as that with your air rakes on the side of your car and whatever so you've just got to get them on there and- there's going to be very soon talks of how many races can they allow really to to, to, to remain where they are uh, and still be in with a chance um because there's going to be a point def- a points deficit that's going to be just too great for them to come back from. Isn't that right, Coops? I mean, it, do, do you think we start ruling them out of the championship after, say, four races, five races? How many races have, we, have they got to kind of bring it back to still be with a chance for the championship? Oh, they, I mean, they're already in the back foot because the issue you've got is in previous years to get something wrong, there's no cost cap. They can spend whatever they want doing yeah. the upgrades. Now they've got a cost cap. And they are, you, you have to be very specific in what you're putting on the car. The fact that they are spending races to troubleshoot a problem means that they're not developing the car better. Ferrari will develop the car over the year to make a good car better, whereas Mercedes are developing a car that's got issues yeah. to meet. Mm. They're already behind. You know, it's not going to take long. And if Ferrari and Red Bull reliability isn't bad, then... You know, they could be out of contention by the time you hit Spain, by the time we've been to Miami, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it's a very difficult situation. Uh, I think the only good thing is potentially they already know what the problems are. It's just a case of trying to get it fixed. But that might not be the case because they brought a new wing to uh, Saudi from Bahrain, I think. And it, it was a slightly better right uh, front wing, I think it was. Mm-hmm to give them a bit more downforce, then they realised they actually needed more downforce. Uh, and they're going to end up being a step behind because they have to fix the problem before they can develop to keep up pace. Yeah, and let's not forget the other teams are going to be developing and getting better, aren't they? You know, yep. it, it, advancing on their already decent packages. The other thing on that as well, Tilla, is it, it It all depends on how, how many points Ferrari take off Red Bull as well, as to that question. Mm. How many times can Ferrari take points off Red Bull because I, yeah. I do think Red Bull are the quicker car. So uh-huh. how many how many races can Ferrari take points off Red Bull to keep Mercedes in with a chance? You know, without Red Bull just running away with it at the end of the day. That's you know basically to stop Red Bull doing what Mercedes have been doing. Yeah. So that's I think that's another interesting way of looking at it. Is that it, it's not just on Mercedes sorting themselves out. Is how how much can Ferrari kind of not hold Red Bull back? 
Yeah, they need to kind of trade back and forth, don't they? So there's, it's not yeah. just one one team getting the maximum. Yeah, yeah. You'll see you'll, you'll see Mercedes dropping uh, crisp packets and sandwich wrappers around the mm-hmm. uh, Ferrari uh, garage <laughs> and the Red Bull garage, uh, hoping for something to be sucked in there. Um, the, 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 the biggest thing that I find interesting is how quickly Hamilton is not in the conversation just now. Mm. Very quickly, he was like, all right, it's not to do with him. I mean, I've just read a tweet uh, from Jenny Gow that's saying Red Bull or Ferrari for a shoe and Grand Prix this weekend. Mm. You know, it's that quick. I mean, we just know that they're not going to be at the front. It's just not going to happen. They've kind of fallen to that weird no man's land that Red Bull were in for a while where they were they were never going to get caught by third. They weren't going to catch Mercedes. But, you know, it's like you know, Mercedes are stuck round about the kind of third best team, maybe just fourth, third, fourth. But they're never going to uh-huh. get to the front. They're never going to drop too far back. You know, it's it's it's, uh, it's a strange one for them. They've never been in this position either. So it'll be interesting how they figure this out. Yeah, I'm not writing them off completely yet. Uh, and I certainly think by the end of the season, at, at the very least, they'll certainly be winning uh, races. Um, because I just think that's the nature of the team. Um, whether they get it sooner than that is is the is the big question mark that nobody can answer at the moment. Um, go on then, Tom. What what do you think is going to happen with Sergio Perez? Do you think he's going to have a shot this weekend? If he does, I hope Red Bull will back him like it looked like they were going to do in Saudi before he got really done over by the safety car. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Perez has never been a sort of like out and out sort of like Saturday superstar person. Mm. Um, you, you know, his sort of like ultimate sort of strength that we've seen in the past with him is where he's been able to, he's like Dr. Doolittle or something with the tyres, you know, uh, you know, he just sort of like talks to them and then they're just like, okay, honey. And they just keep <laughs> going and going and going. It's like, okay, amigo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> I do what you say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, um, Albert Park, you know, with it being a street circuit, with it being historically quite difficult to overtake, provided he's up towards the front, you know, he, he should be in for a good chunk of points. If there's a, you know, a couple of accidents in front of him or, you know, safety car, if he's on the right side of it, there's time or what have you, you know, he might benefit from someone else's misfortune. Do I think he's going to go on the front row? Probably not. I would expect to see him on the second row, I'd say fourth starting. I think the Ferraris may have the edge. I don't think we'll have a front row lockout. I don't think we're going to have that at all this year because I think there's going to be so much nip and tuck between Red Bull and Ferrari that um that that you know we're not going to have that kind of dominance that we've seen before like when when Mercedes were just like lol okay hun and then just locked up the front row every weekend if if he can get the setup right and, and everything this weekend maybe he'll be in with a, with a decent shout okay well let's talk about some different teams uh, we haven't spoken about any anyone other than Mercedes Red Bull or Ferrari yet uh, we're forgetting the, the likes of say Kevin Magnussen in the Haas What's 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 he going to do this weekend, Sponge? He's going to drive a car very quickly and surprise everybody again, and then he's going to have <laughs> Gunter Steiner in his happiest self, not swearing, but really happy, and then he's going to take pictures of his kid in the car again, and everybody's going to be really really happy. Um, that was lovely. That was. It was. Did, do you think I, he's got I a real chance this weekend? Yeah, I think they'll be strong. I do. I think that track will suit. I think it will suit him. I think it will suit Haas. Um, okay. Ferrari's engine seems to be one of the strongest on the grid. so Definitely the most reliable out of all of them at yeah. the moment. Which is not seeing much. <laughs> yeah, I think, he, I think he'll have a good race. I hope he 
finish his said race. I hope he does well. You hope he completes this amazing comeback that he's that he's having. You know, hopefully, yeah, scoring some decent points. Yeah, he's he's done all right, and he he's, you know jumped yeah. back into a Formula One car, and then I suppose they're all learning at the same time at the moment, aren't they? So it's probably been the best time for him to jump back in but yeah he's done well his teammate will be looking to uh, to, to, to do better than certainly did last week obviously uh, Mick didn't even compete in the actual last race because of the big shunt that he had uh, in qualifying he's perfectly fit and healthy to be racing uh, in Australia uh, they've got enough parts to make sure that he can race uh, so he'll be hoping to at least finish uh, and maybe even yeah, you know out qualify his teammate score a couple of points uh, Coops, do you think that's possible for Mick this weekend? No. Bum, bum, bum. He's, he's, ne- he's never raced in Australia. Right. He's, never, he's, you know, in the lower formula, don't go to Australia. It's not been on the calendar since he came to Formula One. And, you know, he might be a tenth or two down after that. I mean, that shunt is going to knock, it would knock, uh, you know, a veteran's, you know, confidence for a, for a wee bit, you know. Mm. And that's how, that, you know, he's a rookie, he's still learning. He's cost his team a million dollars, apparently, and it cost Capita. Damn. So, you know, I don't see it. I think, you know, if he can get so I think for him, it's just about getting back into back into the rhythm of it. Uh, maybe try and fight for a Q2 place. But I wouldn't put any pressure on him. Get out there, have a clean race, finish the race, and put that up as a good result, I think. Anything other than that is a bonus. Okay, well, let's talk about Alpine then. Uh, Fernando Alonso is going to the Grand Prix. Uh, and he's going to be having a brand spanking new power unit uh, in his car, which will be his third of the season in three races. Now, that's a bad news for Alpine, isn't it, Tom? It's looking a bit ominous for them, wouldn't you say? Um, you know, three, three races in, three engines. Penalties soon, then, by the sounds of it. Well, you know... Great penalties. Well, imagine if you had a great penalty next race, you know, for, for, a, for a fourth ICE or something. Uh, that would just be a, that, would, that would just be nuts in, you know, in, in, in this sort of era. I, uh, you know, I, I get where Alpine were coming from when, when they said, you know, we're going to favour favor performance over reliability. But if you start in front, you know, if you have to take a sort of 5-10 grid place penalty every one race in three or four, you know, you're fighting with, with one hand tied behind your back, so to speak, anyway. So how about Ocon Coops? Do you think Ocon's gonna uh, gonna compete with Alonso this weekend again? Are we gonna see that back and forth between the two like we did in Saudi Arabia? Potentially if they're on the same bit of track. I mean I think Alpine need to sort out when they decide to kind of call that. Because uh, I still believe that they kind of ruined the race a wee bit. I mean it didn't make much of a difference because Alonso ended up retiring but Mm. It kind of dropped them back into the clutches of the Alfa Romeo of the Bottas. But it'd be good to see them race. The car seems decent if it's if not the most reliable, but then most cars are having reliability issues just now, I think. You know, it's either Mercedes just aren't fast enough. You've got the Hondas or the not called Hondas, Honda. <laughs> We've had, you know, a few of them. Sonoda had three issues with his power unit over three days. <laughs> didn't mm. even start the race at the last one. So, you know, there, there, there's, there's issues coming with them all. So, yeah, if Alpine can figure out their issues with their reliability, then, yeah, they'll have a good season. But for the race, potentially, it would, it would be quite good to see them on the track as long as they don't hit each other. And we're going back to blue. No more bright pink. <laughs> That's it. You, that you, you've had your pink car now. It's, uh, it's yeah. back to the kind of... It, it, I think it's a nicer looking car, actually. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing it on track because, you know, we haven't seen it 
actually driving yet. So I'm looking forward to it. You mentioned uh, Bottas there, Coops. Uh, Sponge, I'd like you to talk, talk about the Alfa Romeo now. They've had a great start to the year. Bottas is is actually probably in front of his Mercedes uh, ex-teammate. That, that's a surprise. And do you think he's going to continue that throughout the uh, Australian weekend? Yeah, I do. I think, I think it just proves all of the teams that are kind of knocked 2020 one on the head and started preparing for 2022 a little bit sooner, mm-hmm. probably yeah. with the, with the exception of Williams, maybe. Um, I mean, you've got Hass and Alfa Romeo that both said very early on, well, Hass said, um, you know, we, we're not looking at 2021 at all. Mm-hmm. Alfa Romeo said only a few races in, you know, we, we're going to be looking at next year a lot sooner. Um, and I think that, that kind of focus has really helped them. But, so will Bottas's experience, mm. his experience with Mercedes and the way that they did things. Maybe he'll have bought stuff in, you know, with with him at Alpha. Uh, yeah, I think they've done they've done a, a a great job, and I think, you know, depending on how how quickly they can develop to keep up with, it's like you said earlier, every every team on that grid is going to be developing. They're brand mm. new cars, you know. With regards to you know the way that they're they're powered, the power units are all different. Um, they don't have is it cars they don't have anymore. So MGUK isn't it? That's the that's the one, yeah. So you know it's everything is new. So the teams the teams that have got the experienced drivers in there like Alpha and Bottas, I think will do well in the development as well because you know that feedback that feedback on the road. Yes, it's all right you know for the feedback in the simulator, but the feedback on the road is what you need. And that's mm. one thing that, that, by all accounts, Bottas was always really good at was the feedback that he gave the team as to yeah. what was what was on the road, how to fix it, and whatever. So yeah, I think he's done he's done a really good job. Alpha have done a really really good job, um, and I think they'll carry on. Good. We've got a couple more of the A teams, uh, and I don't mean they're the best teams. I'm just saying that they start with A. We've got uh, we've got Alpha Tauri and we've got Aston Martin. Um, Quickly, Coops, can you summarise what you think is going to happen for the Alpha Tauri team? No, their engine's going to blow up, probably. No. <laughs> uh, they're, they're a step behind just now. They're sitting just behind the, uh, the McLaren in terms of their car and getting performance. I know they've not had a great start to the season. Gadley's blown up. So it's kind of a bit, who knows? Mm. They're either going to be the Alpha Tauri everyone wants them to be yeah. uh, and be up fighting or they're going to be... In the, uh, in the pits blown up or down the back or very anonymous you know we'll do the review and be like so oh, right okay they were there so it's a, it's, it's a strange one for them just now mm. and, and Aston Martin Tom what do you think their chances are, are they, with their thick car are they going to come good in Australia is it going to suit their car um, honestly I don't think Aston are going to do that much you know they're a, their 2022 car seems pretty poor and with that Merc unit, that Merc power unit at the moment, in the back of it, it's yeah, it, it's that was one of the only sort of redeeming factors they had last year. But looking at the car they've had this year so far, it's not looking promising for them. You know, it, it'd be good to see Vettel back in the car because yeah, I, you know, obviously been out with COVID for the last two, well, the first two races. But you know, I don't think Vettel's going to jump in that car and all of a sudden he's going to be sort of P10, P9. Um, he might get in, into Q2. Um, he is better than Stroll. You know, he's a, he's a four-time world champion. Don't forget, but mm. he can only do so much with it with the tools that he's got. And Aston as a team, I, I just don't see them doing that well. Um, I think they're going to have a 
bit of a torrid year. Or not, not so much a fall from grace, but they've got a lot of work to do if they want to live up to these sort of promises. Yeah, and it's it's worth remembering that obviously Sebastian Vettel hasn't raced for the last two races, so he's not going to be as used to the cars as everyone else is. So, you know, time out of the car, um, it, it, it's it's experience that he needs behind that wheel and you'll probably be one of the people in free practice that does the most laps do you think yeah that's a, that's a very good point and it's not like he's jumping into a car that's fundamentally sort of very similar from 2020 to 2020 you know because if, he, if he'd have had this last year mm. it wouldn't have been as much of an issue yeah. because the cars were fairly similar it's not like he's jumping into a car that he's overly familiar with there are there are several sort of factors at play that I just don't foresee an awful lot of goods coming for Aston this weekend okay moving on well, we have spoken about uh, McLaren uh, already quite a little bit um, so we, we can kind of gloss over them we don't necessarily think they're going to have the best weekend but we're hoping that they do because we're massive McLaren fans or not so secret McLaren fans as we like to say um, Lando well, as I say, let's 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 just hope Lando and, and Danny Rick can pull something out of the bag um, with an, an underperforming car this year uh, at Australia, because it'd be nice to see at least Danny Rick uh, do well in his home country. Um, I think the last team we've got to talk about is the Williams team, um, and I'll give that to Sponge. You expecting much from Nicholas Latifi and Alex Albon? Not necessarily. Uh, there is one thing that I do, I do just want to kind of say generally. And I think this this might kind of help Williams is that consider the first two races on the, the calendar have both been night races, okay? Yeah. And both been in hot climates. So mm. basically factor that into the fact that we've got these new wheels and tires, okay? And yeah. they have massively changed the way that these cars react. So being being the fact that they've had the first two races as night races in the desert, effectively, I don't know whether that would have much of a um, an, an effect on how a car would look or how a car would perform. What I think what I'm trying to say is this weekend, I don't know who it's going to be, but I do think there's going to be a surprise. A lot of my hopes that that is Williams. You know, maybe like Q3 again, for example. Mm. If that can get into Q3, right? I don't know, but I, I just, I, 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 there's, there's that many teams that have just kind of just gone back, and they're, they're nowhere. And it's like, I, I, I can't understand how they've gone back so far mm. this season. You know, I get their new cars and everything, but you know, some of these teams have been developing these cars for over two years. I want Williams to do well this weekend. I don't think they will, but it's just a thought. Coops, have you got anything to add about Williams? No, I mean, they're, they're hindered by the lack of performance in the Mercedes power unit at the minute. But, mm. you know, uh, it's race three. Uh, Latifi's going to crash out and give us a safety car because he seems to have a <laughs> knack of doing that at the minute. Uh, let's, and, uh, let's hope not. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, to put a positive uh, chat on Williams' albums, then not bad. I mean, other than the, the, the silly kind of, dive on Stroll at the end of Saudi. I mean, he, which he is going to get a three-place grid penalty yep, for. Which is worth noting. Uh, but yeah, other than that, he's done well. He's came in. Uh, I'm sure they'll figure that car out and they'll move forward. I think they've just, you know, they're just a wee step behind it. They probably have moved forward in terms of performance, but as the other guys have said in the panel there, Haas and Alpha seem to be the two teams that have made a big jump in terms of nailing down the, the new rules and the, the Ferrari power unit uh, it's in there as well so uh, I don't think it's all doom and gloom uh, I just think it's just 
It's just the way the cookies crumbled with them, to be fair. Okay, well, we've mentioned all the teams now. I'm going to uh, just list the vital statistics on the track. We are obviously going to Melbourne in Australia. At Albert Park is the name of the circuit. Uh, we've been racing at Albert Park since 1996. Uh, and the first race, this will be the first race since 2019. Uh, this year, we've got a new layout uh, with corner widening and removal of the tight chicane at turns nine and ten. We're going to have four DRS zones uh, with two detection points, which we mentioned earlier. Uh, the circuit length is 5.275 kilometres. We're going to get 58 laps, which is a total race distance of 305.95 kilometres. Obviously, we haven't got a lap record, uh, obviously, due to the changes to the layout. Um, but your schedule for the weekend is as follows in the UK. So if you're in a, uh, foreign lands, please adjust your uh, times accordingly. But free, Friday free practice number one is from 4 a.m. till 5 a.m. So early doors for you if you're in the UK. Free practice two on Friday will be 7 till 8 a.m. Saturday, free practice three will be 4 a.m. till 5 a.m. And your qualifying will be 7 a.m. till 8 a.m. And then, of course, the show itself on Sunday is from 6 a.m. in the morning. So set your alarms for the early, early doors so you can get the Formula One on your TV screens early, bright and early in the morning before you eat your breakfast. Okay, we're going to go around and do predictions now. I'm going to start with Coops. I want one, two, three. I want fastest lap, pole and bold prediction. The pole will be Verstappen. It'll be Leclerc, Verstappen and Perez. Fastest lap, Leclerc, I think, with that power, that power unit. Uh, and the bold prediction, uh, Ricardo getting the points, I think. Sponge, same questions to you. One, two, three. Pole, fastest lap, and bold prediction. Hey, uh, pole, I'll go with Max. Um, one, two, three. I'm going to go Sites, Leclerc, Verstappen. And bold prediction. Bold prediction. That's fourth. Oh, bold. And, oh, fastest lap? Fastest lap, Kevin Magnussen. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Tommy, over to you. Uh, pole position is going to be Max. Um Podium one two three is going to be Max uh, Leclerc and Signs. Fastest lap will be I think Leclerc because I think he'll be chasing down Max for first. Then bold prediction: uh, only one Mercedes works car scores points. I'm going. I'm going to say for the pole position. I'm going to say it will be. I'm going to go for Chucky Charles Leclerc. I'm going to say one, two, three will be. I think I'm, I'm going to say Charles Leclerc for the number one spot. I'll say Max Verstappen in second, and I'll say Carlos Sainz in third. I'm going to say a bold prediction of Perez will not finish due to engine failure and. The fastest lap will be by Carlos Sainz because I think that engine's probably, hopefully, a little bit quicker than the the Red Bull engine. Okay, so that's our predictions for the weekend. Let's see who is the most right next week, and we'll chat about it uh, when we do the review. Now we've just got some news articles to uh, to d- discuss that we haven't talked about for a little while. The first news article that I want to talk about, and it dropped quite early last week, actually. Um, and that was that it's uh, that there is going to be a race in Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas! Oh. And it's going to be on a Saturday uh, night for the, uh, for the Americans, uh, which means it's going to be 
uh, very early in the morning for us again. It's about six o'clock, seven in the yeah, morning. Yeah, six, six or seven in the morning on, on the Sunday for us. So another another early early doors one for us. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I don't know about mm-hmm. you. We'll go we'll go around and, and discuss it with each of you. But I, I've seen the track. It looks quite quick. Um, obviously, it's going to be in the in the you know the, uh, in in the Las Vegas Strip, and we're going to see all the nice shiny neon lights. Um, I think the drivers are going to be excited for it, and I'm just I'm just looking forward to it. Obviously, it's been a long time since we've raced in Las Vegas. Coops, what do you what do you think? What's your opinion on the Las Vegas uh, Grand Prix that we're going to get in 2023? Well, it's not in a car park. It looks like a monster munch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's um, uh, it's going to be good. Uh, they've actually, from what I've seen of the track, they've actually managed to design a track that's not just right uh, right angle corners, which is <laughs> kind of the American way. They've got a good looking, they're racing down the strip in the middle of the night along the street. They've got a couple of bits where you can get a good uh, a good uh, passing opportunity going. And if the regulations uh, allow for it to follow, it's going to be it's going to be impressive. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to it. It'll be interesting to see how they do the how the race weekend will work. I'm assuming it'll probably be Thursday, Friday, Saturday rather than, you know, the, the, the kind of traditional way. Uh, it's not actually been, it's not been that long since Saturday races were quite popular in Formula One up until I think it was like 1978. And uh, Silverstone used to have most of the races on Saturdays in the early days as well. So it's not, it's, it's for more, the modern era and maybe the younger ones, you know, the kind of drive to survive kind of fans that have come in. You know, they'll all everyone will be more used to it being a Sunday, but it's it's not as outlandish as it may sound. It's going to be Sunday for us anyway, isn't it? Let's be yes, honest. Uh, it, it it, it's it's only it's only Saturday for uh, Americans uh, and anyone in that kind of uh, portion of the world. Uh, the interestingly as well, Formula One have put this race on without a promoter, which they don't normally do. So they are doing it all. It's it's Formula One. It's not a promoter. They're not getting a fee for it. They're paying for it. They're getting all the profits from it. Uh, mm. They're doing everything. It's all in them. They wanted this race, so they've decided they're getting the race. So it could be a, a good moneymaker for, for, obviously, Formula One in general. Um, it's the first time uh, for a, quite a while where we've actually got three races uh, in America. Um, 1982. It, since 1982. Yeah. Which is the... It'll be 40 years because it's the year I was born and I'm 40 this year. So, yeah, 40 years. Sponge, are you looking forward to three American Grand Prix? Not really, no. <laughs> if I'm completely honest with you, no. I don't. You think I, there, I, you I, think there are other countries that may be more deserving? I think my biggest concern is the Netflix effect. And I hate using that phrase, but it is. It's like, let's let's conquer the US. We don't need to conquer the US. Formula One's Formula One. It's a sport. It's not a show. And it just worries me that... When things like, I don't like going back to it, but when things like what happened at the end of last season happened, and then you're going, you know, you, you're pushing for so many um, races in the US. I know that they're owned by Liberty Media, but come on. You know, this is a sport. It's a worldwide sport. You know, it's not IndyCar. Mm. It, I don't know. Like I say, I'm more than happy to give it a chance. It might be an absolutely amazing place. And, but from a personal point of view, I'd love to go. Absolutely. It's Las Vegas mm. and it's Formula One. What could be any more amazing? You know, and, and maybe maybe it will then knock Monaco off its perch. I don't know. Hopefully. That'd be a silver <laughs> lining, wouldn't it? 
Tom, yeah. are you looking forward to a Las Vegas Grand Prix? I'm going to echo something which I've said before about sort of this in general is if it's a circuit which lends itself to good racing, then mm. yeah, prop, props to F1. And you know, if, if we have that going around Las Vegas at night, it's going to look pretty epic, let's be fair. Whether another street circuit is what F1 needs, another street circuit in America, whether that's what F1 needs, I'm a little bit sceptical. I'm, I'm trying to be open-minded about it, and I'm, I'm interested to see how they, you know, how F1 go about it, how you know how 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 good the racing is, um, and then just sort of like overall how good a spectacle it is. Okay, uh, Coops, have you got anything else to add? I think what we need to realise is if you look at Europe, there's 11 races in Europe. And then you've got the Americas who've only got a handful. Uh, you know, there's no state rule that it has to be in Europe or, you know, you know. I think the only thing that you can talk about, Americas, I've got Mexico, Canada, we've got three, so we're going, we're going up. Africa's got nothing, but they are looking at bringing something into to Africa. So, you know, but I don't think, I think we need to, you know, we're not entitled to think that it should just be a European series or, you know, you know. I haven't got any problem with that part of it. Yeah. Just to just to kind of like discuss with you on that. I, one thing that I want to clear up from my point of view is that I'm not I'm not against the US having three races. I'm against well, I am in a, a little bit, but I am against the idea of the dramatization of the sport. And when you go to the US, and when you try and bring your exposure up with the US, especially with the Netflix series that's going on and stuff like that, it's inevitable that the sport gets even more dramatized. And I think that's, that's the worry that I've got is that I don't want, I don't want overexposure in the U S to mean that the sport gets diluted in for the show. I don't want the sport. I don't want the sport to suffer for a show. You know, I mean, when it comes to new races, I'd, I'd love us to go back to Africa. I alarm He's literally crying out. It, obviously it needs work, but it's, it's crying out. It's an absolutely amazing track. But I think, We've we've already got two races in the US. We haven't even seen the Miami track yet. It, it all depends on what happens with everything else, but I just think it's a little bit too much overexposure in the US that that leaves the sport open to more dramatization and more this is a show rather than a sport. That's that's where I'm coming from. Right. But I mean the the kind of it looks like Stefano Domenicali, the head of F one, has actually seen that and is having conversations with the makers of a uh, Drive to Survive to rein that in and say, look, see these dramatizations and these fake storylines. Like we don't need that, you know. That's good. I think you know Formula Two have done a very similar thing, which is available on the you know the F, the Formula One TV app. MotoGP have done the similar things regarding you know documentaries, and they didn't. They they had very good documentaries that didn't have this fake stuff. So hopefully. You know, if they are going to say to to Netflix, look, we'll keep we'll keep it going, but you know, rein it in. The drama should be on the track, and that's what it should be. So maybe they have fallen in that. But you know, the thing about Drive to Survive is it's it's brought a lot of a younger audience to Formula One. Uh, the ones that you'll get ones that will fall into it and end up doing what we're doing and be really into it, and then there'll be ones that will dip in and out uh, and watch it at certain times. I don't, I don't think I, I don't know. I think it's good for the sport to be over in America. Uh, I don't think it's overexposure that there's three races there. Uh, the only issue with the fact that we've now got, I think when I was writing the notes, we're looking at maybe 26 races. So it looks like the French Grand Prix won't be there next year. 
you know, Zach Brown's come out and said that Monaco needs to up its game. It doesn't pay a fee because it's Monaco, but it's not as prestigious as it used to be. I mean, in terms of the prestige of the Grand Prix and everything that goes on around it. So a few of the more historical races might end up losing their spot or they might end up coming into a kind of rota system, which I think is what Formula One will probably end up doing with the amount of tracks that are wanting a piece of the pie. Uh, but you might see certain tracks doing every other year, uh, which I think the German Grand Prix did for a wee while. Yeah, because the Concord Agreement, let's talk about that. The Concord Agreement is for 25 races as yes. a, an absolute maximum. So yes. for anything to go over that, the t- all the teams would have to be pulled together um, to to agree basically a new Concord Agreement. Um, so that's probably very unlikely to happen. And, and I don't think teams will want to do more than 25, to be honest with you, um, with, this, with the you know, turnover. They'll need two teams uh, because obviously the, the time away from home and whatnot. Um, so yeah, the French Grand Prix might be the one that's that, that, that gives away. Um, are there any other tracks that you could see maybe giving way for that for for, for those sorts of things? Uh, I'm trying to think who's in the la- the the Red Bull rings in its last year, but I don't see that going because of the it's the Red Bull ring. Yeah, I think Spa's down at its last you know the last year of its contract that potentially could go. I'm not sure. There's a few uh, that I can't remember offhand. I know the French Grand Prix because it was mentioned that it looks like that's mm. the one that's going to allow Las Vegas. But we've got Qatar coming in next year. China's probably going to arrive back next year uh, once they've kind of sorted because they're, they're a lot more tighter and a lot more restrictive with regards to COVID. So they're not here. But then, you know, they're looking at bringing in a second race in China. Uh, because of the size of the market and uh, uh, and Zhou Guan Yu being there. So yeah, we're going to start losing races and we're going to start losing people's favourites. Uh, I think there'll be a lot of people that will moan that Monaco's gone, but then I think Monaco's kind of past it now. I mean, these cars are getting bigger and bigger. They're not going to get any smaller. The track can't get any wider. Uh, so they would have done it by now. So... You know, I don't think I don't think we'll ever lose Monaco. I think it's one of those. It's the the jewel in the crown. So I don't think that's going to really go. It's not the jewel in the crown anymore. And I think that's the point. You know, it's not prestigious uh, as prestigious. You know, Abu Dhabi as a as an as a as an event is probably more prestigious. You know, you've got Saudi Arabia to an extent is probably more prestigious because of the amount of money they put into it. Bahrain. You know, there's a lot of these other tracks that. Just as an event and being able to hold an event, they do it better than Monaco. Monaco used to be, used to be quite exciting. It's not anymore. Not with these cars. It's just but the drivers. The drivers will want to remain there um, because they love they love driving around the streets of Monaco. It's it's also their their hometown, so they just have to roll out of bed uh, to go <laughs> go and race around there. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all your news and your preview for the Australian Grand Prix for today. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening to the podcast. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate your listens, and we see those numbers rising and rising. Uh, We hope you share it with your friends uh, so they can also listen to our chitter-chatter. Hopefully, we'll have a great guest on next week to talk to you and ask questions about too, so stay tuned for that. Obviously, you can find us on all our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Please follow us. Also, Go on to our website, www.everythingf1.com to read all of the latest news. And of course, pl- uh, please click the subscribe button on this podcast streaming service to make sure you get all of our latest podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop. That's all from me, James Tiller. Thanks very much to Coops. Thank you, Coops. Thank you. Bye. Thank you very much to Sponge. Thank you, Sponge. Cheers, mate. Thanks, everybody. 
And thank you very much to Tom. Thank you very much. No stock. Night. We are Everything F1. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.